Cascade Hoops Talk, bringing the world NAI basketball one podcast at a time. Billy D. Hey, let's go ahead and let's continue our player interviews this morning. I hope you like these. Well, you must. You keep tuning in. Hey, today we have Christian Rodriguez, Cornerstone Golden Eagles. Uh, Christian, uh, what a great basketball career it began. He grew up there in Grand Rapids. He went to Godwin Heights, uh, played on some great uh, basketball teams there in high school, won a state championship, played with some just amazing players, went on to Cornerstone his freshman year. He was a starter. Uh, with that uh, team that had Kyle Stanga and uh, Sam Vanderslice. But he went on this season. He was the WAC Player of the Year. He was an NAI All-American. Christian was first-team WAC. He ended up the uh, program leader in career assists, uh, second all-time in made threes. He scored 2,216 points. He's only one of seven players to surpass 2,000 points in that great cornerstone program. And he led the team this season in... uh, points per game but almost 22 points obviously uh cornerstone had some disappointments uh this year as well he'll talk about those uh but what a great basketball career and i don't think it's over yet but what a great basketball career for a christian rodriguez why don't we go ahead and uh listen to christian tell his story of godwin heights and cornerstone university cascade hoopstock billy d How's everybody doing this morning? We got Christian Rodriguez, Cornerstone Golden Eagles. He's a WAC Player of the Year, an NAI All-American. Welcome, Christian. How you doing this morning? Thanks for being on. I'm doing good, sir. It's a pleasure to be on this uh, podcast. You know, Christian, uh, you're one of the top point guards in the country, playing at one of the most historic NAI programs in America. You played in one of the top Class B programs in high school. I mean, you're your basketball career has been a little bit of a storybook, hasn't it? Yes, it has. It definitely has. So I want to talk to you about that. I want to go back to, you know, you grew up there in Grand Rapids. Uh, now, you you went to school at Godwin Heights, and that was in Wyoming. Was Is Wyoming a suburb of Grand Rapids, or is it a district? What is that? Um, no, it's a suburb of Grand Rapids. It's it's honestly a part of Grand Rapids. That's pretty much how we uh, see it as. Okay. But, it, yeah, it's it's a little suburb, but it's all connected to each other. Well, at, at uh, Godwin Heights, you're a four-year varsity player. You guys went 93-7 and seven, uh, under Coach yes, Tyler Whitmore. Uh, and, you know, I want to ask you about that team, but you had some amazing teammates. You know, I see a lot of guys have uh, really skilled t- teammates like in J.C., but in high school you played with Lamar Noman. He played at Duquesne in Western Michigan. And then uh, Marquise yep. Hastings, he went to Butler. He got hurt there. He went over to Western Michigan. Peyton Harley, he went over to Governor State. And then even Calvin Val- Valdez, he played JC in Iowa. And then David mm-hmm. uh, Kella, he went out to uh, California and played JC ball. You know, yep. wow, what is, that was one great team, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And honestly, we so we also had some more guys like Delaney Blaylock, who was the honestly the leader of the state championship team. Who played Division Two basketball at Lewis uh, University out of Chicago, and now plays uh, overseas as well as uh, uh, Leon Red, who played uh, Bethune Cookman University. Oh wow! And, um, yeah, we had a lot of college guys. Essa Kelly, who played college football, 
Michael Williams, who played college basketball. So it, it was just, it's funny because we all grew up together since um, elementary school playing playing basketball in uh, my neighborhood. We had a dead end and a basketball court. So we all knew each other since like fourth, third grade, and we just all grew up in the same district. Is that where you kind of got that tough guy part? But when you, when I watch you play basketball, I mean, you got this, you got this tough guy, almost a chip on you. You're just not going to lose. Oh, yes, sir. I mean, that, that started from, from the playground and growing up. Uh, growing up, I always played with older guys and I always got beaten up. Um, so I've always played above my age and it was just I had to learn how to learn how to adjust to the physicality or um, just get beaten up every day. And I didn't want to go through that every single time playing basketball. So I had to I had to become a man out there at a young, young age. Talk about what it was like. You guys at uh, Godwin Heights, I mean, you you guys were the big deal in Class B in Michigan. I mean, what was it like to be part of that program? Um, it's it's definitely a privilege. It's, it's special because um, in the city of Grand Rapids in West Michigan, a lot of schools, a lot of people um, would doubt us. So, like, we kind of had a little, like, haters on um, – ruined against us but at the same time we had a lot of supporters and it was just it was a fun experience we we were treated like rock stars at times and every day in practice and even after practice with workouts and playing it was always competitive like we all had this dream of and a goal of bringing the state championship to um godwin heights and that was our mission so we every single day we would go at each other and it would it would be times where like we would end up trying to fight each other because that's how bad we wanted to win so that competitive environment was every single day, regardless if it was in the gym or we were outside playing. We just wanted to get better and honestly just wanted to see each other succeed and go on and play after high school. So, Christian, I know you won at least one state championship. Was it one when you were at Godwin yes, Heights? Yeah, okay. I've read that that game against Henry Ford is a very spe- – you were a sophomore, right? Is that still a special yes, game to you? Yes, it is. Um, it's funny because – I still haven't really sat sat back and took everything in because I'm always on the go and trying to see what's next for mm-hmm. me. But I I have started to to think about that and it was it was special because we've had teams in the previous years that have gone to the we play at Michigan State for the uh, state championship in semis. So we had people go to the Breslin and they lost in the semis. So the fact that we were able to get back to that um, moment. And in the state championship game, which no team in Godwin Heights history has ever made it there, was special because we wrote history that day, and nobody can ever take that away from us. Because now every time you walk into our high school, we have the banner up there, and we have a picture of us up there. So it's it's definitely special that to say that I'm part of that state mm-hmm. championship, and nobody can ever take that away from me. And then your dad went to Godwin Heights as well, didn't he? Yes, sir. My entire father's side of uh, my family went over there to Godwin. Wow. That makes it extra special. So Holland Holland was in your league, right? Um, Holland was Class A, but we played them in the regular season. They were not in our conference. So I know that uh, Coach Elders, he recruits a lot. That's where both Vanderslice and Stianga came from, right? Yep. So did you ever play against any uh, Cornerstone guys where you when you played Holland? <laughs> Yes, so so they went to Holland Christian, and we played my freshman year with we were number one team in the state, and we had a lot of college guys on that team too. Uh, we played them in the regional semifinals, 
game at our place, and we played against Kyle Stegenga oh. and Sam Vanderslice. So they were both uh, – Kyle was a senior, Sam was a junior, and we played them and ended up beating them, and we went on to the quarterfinals and lost to a oh. team that uh, – they were pretty good, but we should have we won that year too. How did you end up – you were on this great team, you had a great high school career – you know, who was recruiting you and how did you end up at Cornerstone? So growing up, I played for the Grand Rapids Storm and their AAU program in Grand Rapids. They're pretty well known around the country now on the Under Armour circuit. But we would always practice at Cornerstone University and um, at fifth, sixth, seventh grade. And mm. my dad would always say, you're going to end up here. You're going to be like, you're going to have a good career at Cornerstone. Like speaking in the future, and I would always tell him, no, I'm not coming here like it's in my backyard. I, I practice here pretty much every day. I don't want to come here. <laughs> so it's funny that I actually ended up at Cornerstone, however. but So I, end, I ended my AU career playing with Greenwood Elite, Draymond Green and Lamar Woodley's AU team. And we we're a small program, new program, but we would always compete against the best, best teams in the country in um, Midwest. So I started getting a lot of buzz in my name from high school as well as playing on the top uh, AU programs before Greenwood. And a lot of the WAC schools got interested in me. Um, I had a couple of Division II schools talking to me with um, Grand Valley State and a couple other ones. Some Division Ones came came in after me late, but Ted Elbert, the old assistant coach now at Indiana Tech, he seen me play and he actually contacted me first and I just responded to him and they fell in love with me from then and then on and coachy came to every single au game came to every single high school game and i don't know it was just something that inside of me told me that i gotta go to cornerstone it just felt right didn't it yes so you go you end up you you go to cornerstone and i mean you right off the bat i mean you're playing and you're playing yeah. uh you, you know kyle stianga's still there uh vanderslice is there mike bradshaw is there you guys are really good uh yes sir you know how fun was that freshman year? I I can't remember. You went thirty and four or something like that. Thirty and five. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, I think we were we were number one, number two in the country. That year was fun and it was crazy. Just coming into the year, I didn't expect to to start. Or I mean, that was my goal. That's my that's what drives me to prove everybody wrong. But we had a guard in front of me. Um, he was a senior. He ended up getting hurt, and Coach E threw me in the fire right away. He trusted me. He believed in me and. Kyle Stenga believed in me too, as well as everybody else. And with Kyle being the person he was um, in the NAI and for Cornerstone, that that was big. And mm -hmm. they allowed me to run the team. And man, it was special. Like every single game, it was crazy. We we were locked down on defense, and we could score at will. It was it was definitely a fun year. It was sad how it ended, but that was that was a great team right there for sure. Yeah, you went you went over to Sioux Falls. You beat Milligan, uh, you beat Southwestern College, and then you fell to St. Francis in that final eight. As you said, that that had to have been disappointing because that was really yes. a good team. Yes, it was It was very disappointing. But, I mean, we ran into a very, very hot St. Francis team. They shot, I want to say, like 60 to 70% in the first half and got us down bad, but we ended up fighting back. Um, and then their big fella hit a three at the volleyball line um, right at the shot clock, and that just tore us apart. Yeah. So that was that was a year that we felt like we want that we could have won, and we definitely wanted to get back to the national championship game because we wanted a rematch to Indiana Wesleyan, who beat us in double overtime the first game of the year. So everybody expected that to be the national championship game, 
between us two, but it didn't it didn't fall like that. But it was definitely a fun year for sure. So the the next year, Kyle had uh, graduated, but you still had Big Sam. Uh, yep. You guys you guys won twenty six games. You, you ended up losing the WAC championship game to Indiana Tech. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you were you were that season. You were in NAI All Honorable Mention, you know, first team All WAC. You were freshman of the year, but the year before. But yep. but that season, I remember this game. You lost in an absolute dogfight to College of Idaho in overtime. Talk about yes. that game. I remember that game. Yeah, that game. That game still hurts the most because we weren't at our full strength. We lost Riley Costin. Uh, he was our our two guard, our our best defender. And pretty much the best def- one of the best defenders in the country. Uh, he broke his foot. Uh, not a lot of people knew that, but he was playing through it. So he was playing on one foot the last half of the year, and um, that really hurt us. And we were young too, but that team was special because Sam was a a monster. He <laughs> yeah. took over that year, and it just hurts because we were so close to beating Idaho. And I honestly would have been our best chance of going to national championship that year too. And it's just, it's sad because it's a what if with our team because of Riley getting hurt. He was our missing piece definitely for that year. And it just, it sucks. I, I hate losing like that. And again, they hit a bank three, their point guard. Um, Tate, I can't think of uh, the left. Talon, Pink, Talon Pinkney. Yep. Yep. He hit a bank three pointer over Sam that hurt us too. So it's just, it's crazy how those two possessions uh, define the define the game at the end. But you know, as you look back, though, I mean, you were in. Maybe you didn't win all these close games that you wanted to win, but you were in so many big critical games in big time basketball. I mean, as you as you go on, that's what you're going to look back and remember that you were, you were part of such a a big thing. Yes, no, for sure. That's that's the beauty of it too. Just. The the environment you play in when you're in these close tight games, it's amazing. Um, you're so locked in into it, and at the time you're you get sad and you're frustrated because you lose. But thinking back at it, it's 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 the best moments out there playing. I would rather play in a tight game like that instead of getting blown out or blowing a team out. I love those those moments right there, and it defines what's really inside of you and it show showcases the game you really have so you you moved on to that next season that 1920 season you fell again in the the whack championship oh you must feel snake bit with those games huh madonna beat you they had henry yeah. spite they had dwight burton that year they were really good uh yep not it they were really good yeah between uh indiana tech and madonna uh, those are some big games i uh anyway I got off. I got off track there. Um, no worries. <laughs> but did I can't remember. That was the year the tournament got canceled after the first day. Did you guys make it to the tournament that year? No, nope, we just missed it. Yeah, just missed it because of some some bad losses we had uh, during the regular season. Yeah, I remember there was a real dogfight in the whack. They were really fighting to get three teams in. I think just Indiana Tech and Madonna made it. Was that the way it worked, uh, Christian? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's the way it worked. But still, regardless of that, you were all whack again that year. You scored almost 500 points, 118 assists. What's more satisfying to you, scoring the ball or dishing assist? Uh, it, it definitely had to be the assist. Um, I've been a pass first point guard at heart my whole life, so I love getting getting my teammates opportunities to score, get, putting them in great positions. It's just something I love to do because at the end of the day, I know I can score. 
I can do all that, but getting my teammates the opportunity to, to get to get buckets is the best feeling ever. Something I ask guys who can really shoot the ball at, you know, you you can really shoot the three all your career. If you were going to talk to a 15-year-old kid and he said, I want to be a shooter in college, what advice would you give him? To rep, rep your shots out. You got to you gotta be in the gym every single day and you have to just shoot, 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 shoot. Because coming in to high school, coming into college, if you're not the man, you're only going to get, let's say, five, four to five shots a game. You have to be able to make three out of five out of, uh, during those opportunities. So that takes a thousand shots a day just to make three out of five threes in the game. So you just have to fall in love with the process, be in the gym every single day and just rep out shots every single day. What about free throws? You've always been a really, really good free throw shooter. How, how did that come about? Just repping it, being in the gym two to three times a day, just to be locked in on it. Um, you know, I have a lot of mentors. Uh, my fiance was big on me making free throws and <laughs> So I, it's, there's some it's motivation for you. <laughs> it, it definitely is. Uh, it's it's free, so I, everybody wants to score. So I mean, I just thought of it. If I can get to the free throw line, if I can make four to five free throws a game, boom, that's an extra five points, and you go from scoring 15 to scoring 20. So that was my thought. I got to make every single free throw, and at the end of the game, if I do make my free throws, boom, we have a chance to win the game. So I love. I love locking in on free throws. So, Christian, when you're watching a basketball game, you're not you're just watching one, and and a guy starts clunking free throws. How frustrating is that? Uh, it's frustrating. Uh, it definitely is because you don't realize it, but at the end of the game, if you lose by one and you miss two free throws or you miss a free throw, boom, that could be that could be the reason why you lose. Not saying that's the reason, but if you make all your free throws, your chances of winning go up even more because it's all about who scores the most points at the end of the game. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the next year, I kind of keep going through your career here. The next year was a, it was a COVID year. It was a, man, it was a really odd year. It was really hard for you guys in Michigan. Uh, yes. You still dished out six assists a game. You still uh, scored 14 points. It was kind of a lost year. I guess, I guess that's why they gave everybody another year. And that brought you into your fifth year. So you're coming into your your senior fifth year, your COVID year, whatever you want to call it. You know, what was your mental preparation coming into this season? Uh, my mental preparation, honestly, was I had it was to enjoy it. Um, God blessed blessed everybody, blessed me with the fifth year. So that was my biggest thing is to enjoy this moment. And the other thing was just to, to just to kill, um, to kill everybody that's in front of me. That was my that was my motto. That was my mindset all year long. Um, if God blessed me with this opportunity and my, my dream, my goal is to, to be a professional and I want to go out of Cornerstone leaving a great legacy and having a great year. I knew what I had to do and I wanted to, to just be a monster and I wanted to, to try to destroy everybody that was in front of me. So I was my, my COVID year, I was very, very locked in compared to the other years because I had I had something I had to prove because every single year, my first two years, I had Kyle and Sam. And then I started when they left, we lost and we lost again. So my mindset was like, no, I don't want to lose this year. I want to go out on my terms and I want people to realize that I can I can lead this team and I can be that the guy that everybody everybody thinks that I can be. So I was just I was so locked in this year, just trying to be a monster and try to destroy everybody. Christian, you 
it seemed like we'll talk about the end of the season in a moment, but it seemed like this season, as you know, as you follow the season, every other week there was another Christian Rodriguez milestone that got passed. I mean, you became the all-time assist leader. Uh, you ended up with at all-time assist leader at Cornerstone. You ended up with uh, over 2,200 points. You're only one of seven players in great uh, Cornerstone history to go over 2,000 points. That's amazing right there. Second all-time in number of threes made. Uh, you led the team uh, points per game at 22, 22 points a game. Led the team in free throw percentage, made threes. You recorded uh, 166 assists this year. So from a personal basis, I mean, you you had to have been happy with with what you were able to produce this season. Um, yes, to a sense, I I I achieved I achieved the goals that I wanted to. You know, I set out to to become first team all conference again to become player of the year in the conference. Um, the only thing that, that still bugs me and that's actually still driving me to, to this day, to uh, the future, is the fact that I wasn't a first-team All-American. Um, yeah. And I get it that you got to win games and uh, we got gypped out of the national tournament. I Being third-team All-American, being All-American is, is amazing, and I'm, I'm super blessed and I'm thankful for that. But the only thing I'm upset about is that I wasn't a first-team All-American. And that's just... That's just for me personally. That's what's driving me right now too. Yeah. So that's. But other than that, yes, I I'm. It's crazy because all the work behind the scenes, behind the scenes that I've put in over the years in the summer, and the fact that everybody could see it, and the fact that I was able to go out there and showcase everything that I've put in was amazing because it was just like wow, my, the work I put in is actually translating. So I was I was extremely happy for that. You know, I want to ask you about, you had a couple of pretty big moments this season. Uh, one of them was you beat Indiana Wesleyan early on. I think that was in Grand Rapids, wasn't it? Yep. Yes, yeah. Sir. And there was a, that was a pretty highly anticipated game. You know, how, talk about that. How fun was that game? Uh, it's, it was fun. I mean, you know, every time, Cornerstone and Indiana Wesleyan, it's, those are honestly, historically, two blue bloods of NAI. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana Wesleyan's a terrific program. They They produce great players they got a heck of a coach over there just the program is amazing over there and you know we my freshman year lost in double overtime against them and then after that they beat us they smacked us around for the past three years so coming into my COVID year I the only thing I really wanted I, I was like when we play in Wesleyan we have to be locked in like I don't want to get beat again like I want to beat them and have that because my couple of my friends have beat Indiana Wesleyan, so they always joke around. Um, <laughs> like, my friend DeMarcus Stuckey, brother of mine, he played at Goshen, um, and he was the one that hit the game winner over Indiana Wesleyan um, back then. Yeah, when I remember that. Team in the country. So he, he always jokes around about that. So that was the big thing. It was just like, I got to beat them so I can say to my friend that, yeah, I beat them too, so he doesn't have that old <laughs> thing. But, it, I mean, it was a heck of a game. You know, it's always beginning of the season. You know, they come in looking like they played 20 games already, and we're always trying to get our feet wet, trying to figure out how we're going to look this season. So the fact that we were able to, to come out second game of the season and play against them and to compete and come out on top spoke highly of what our team was able to do this year and how locked in we were. You guys had a good season, not a great season. You, you dropped a few that I'm sure you would love to have back. <laughs> It put you yes. in a position, you're coming up on the end of the uh, WAC tournament, 
and uh, you knew you were fighting for your life. The first game you played was Lawrence Tech, and Lawrence Tech had been up and down all season. They, you know, they'd win games that nobody expected, and then they'd lose games that everybody expected they'd they'd win. That was an absolute barn burner. Brandon Beavers, he's everywhere that night. He scores 27. You score 29. Uh, 69 tied uh, at the end of regulation. You go to overtime. What were you thinking? You're going to overtime against Lawrence Tech. You know you're fighting for your basketball life. Uh, once we hit an overtime, I knew it was it was over. We, we were winning that game. Like, there was no, no. We were definitely going to win that game just because of how the game had went. Mm-hmm. Um, we were down, I want to say down eight or something like that, 8-10 at one point, uh, called a timeout and drew up a play. I came off a pin down, hit a three, and then got a steal right after that. And I was just like, okay, if we can get it, get it, get it closer, get it closer, we're going to win this game. And Lawrence Tech is a heck they're, – they're the scariest team in the WAC. Um, they're a team that you don't really want to play because, you know, they got a heck of a coach over there. Their program is definitely turning around. They got some pretty good players over there with Brandon Beavers. Uh, leading that program so Mm -hmm. my mindset was just once overtime hit we're winning this game I'm not I'm not going out like this in the first round you know you did you did go up on them in overtime they they put a heck of a run on you down the stretch did they worry you they got within two right at the end uh they they definitely did but the when we got a block and then they took it out of bounds um right before um we got another stop I was I was I had confidence in our team on that in that position but they definitely went on their run uh, made it interesting, but I, then I had confidence in my team for us to get it done. And so then a couple days later, that was Wednesday, and on Saturday you had to go up against Madonna, a team, uh, <sighs> long history with Madonna. Again, it's it's a knockdown dragout fight. Noah Campbell, he scores 35, you score 34. It was such a close game. You know, Noah Campbell hit that shot right at the end, and Carter Knight put up a three, but it didn't fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just – just talk about the last, you know, 30 seconds of that game. Um, honestly, I thought we were going to win that game as well. Um, you know, right before uh, regulation ended, we were down three. And I get it. I hit a three right before the buzzer to tie it up going to overtime. And we go on a run. And just, it's basketball. Game, uh, both teams going to run. Mm-hmm. And they Noah hits that big time three. And we had a, we had a great shot to, to win at the end. Um, I passed it up to Carter. And I'll do that a thousand more times if I had the opportunity to. So I'll I'll always do that same play over. But it's just it's it's a it's a crazy moment because at that time I didn't think that would be my last game. Yeah. Um. So that that definitely hurt me. But thinking back at the game, it was definitely a fun game. That was probably one of my favorite games to play in, just because of the environment, um, the atmosphere, us playing Madonna. It was it was definitely fun. And I wish it would have turned around. And there's moments in that game that I feel like I could have done better. So that's just the basketball um, person coming out of me, uh, trying to learn from that and get move on for the future, how I can improve on myself. But that was definitely – that hurt me big time because I thought we were going to win that game as well. And I know that you mentioned it before. You know there was a lot of people pulling for Cornerstone to make the tournament. A lot of people did – a lot of people, including myself, did not want to see your career end there, but it did. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's the way it is. It, it did. You know, the whole your whole entire career, high school and college, you've, you've been able to have your family there. What what is that meant? Uh, that's uh, that's it's actually very important. Um, you don't realize it until until the, like everything's done. And the fact that 
my my parents never missed a game. Uh, well, yeah, they, yeah, never missed a game, and that's starting from fourth grade of <laughs> AAU basketball. Like they never missed a game, and the fact that I was able to to come to college at home in my backyard, yeah. and they would travel to games, they would travel to Ohio. Um, they would. They drove to Miami, Florida, for two days to watch us play when we went down there. So they were they were extremely big supporters of me, um, biggest critics. And now with my fiance, it's the same thing. She drives everywhere. She will, she comes. She supports me. And the fact that I have family that has my back and just wants to be there of every moment is um, extremely special. You know, Christian, I, I I honestly think you you've been blessed to be able to play cornerstone basketball, one of the one of the most historic programs in the NAI, one of the most historic coaches in the NAI, Kim Elders. Talk about what it's meant to you to be a cornerstone Golden Eagle. It's a privilege um, playing under Coach E, a Hall of Fame coach. Everything he's done, three national championships, multiple multiple uh, wins, conference championships and so on it's 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 special because we have had a lot of great players come through this program a lot of all-americans um and the fact that my name is even mentioned on the record books Mm -hmm. even mentioned in program history where people can talk about it it's 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 special i'm truly thankful what's next for you first um i'm graduating a couple weeks with my master's degree oh congratulations great Thank you. So I'll be graduating with two degrees in five years. So that's that's extremely important. And next is just working out, preparing to um, go play professional, wherever that is. So I'm just taking it day by day, focusing on getting stronger, touching up my skills and just working out and trying to achieve my goals. Well, I certainly wish you luck with that. Uh, you definitely have the skill set to go do that. You know, Christian, I got to tell you, it's it's a real pleasure for me to meet you Anybody who knows me knows that one of my favorite type of players is a, is a tough nose, refuse to lose point guard. And mm-hmm. uh, I've watched you your whole career, and I've admired your play. So it's a real honor for me to to finally get to talk to you and meet you. Thank you. I I truly appreciate that. You know, Christian, thanks a lot for being on the show. Uh, that's uh, Christian Rodriguez, Cornerstone Golden Eagles. Thank you, Christian. Thank you. Thank you.